Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Thank you for listening. Please do rate and review and subscribe if you enjoy the show or just tell people via traditional methods like WhatsApp. But genuinely, thank you if you have already said nice things about the show. It is really, really appreciated. This week, I'm talking to writer and podcaster Jen Offord. Jen is one of the Standard Issue podcast team, which is a very smart and funny show made by women for women and well worth a listen if you haven't already. Jen came in to talk to me about her brother, Stephen. And just so you're all prepared, today's episode is about suicide. I'll be giving details of the Samaritans at the end, so please do listen for those if you feel like you need some help. Welcome to Griefcast. Today I'm joined by journalist Jen Offord, who is the co-presenter, producer, host and lady of Standard Issue magazine podcast. Indeed. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I think you've nailed it there. <laughs> nailed it and also, I should quickly add one of my old friends who I went to university with, which is why we're already laughing. Yeah, because um, it's just been crazy. It's yeah. been crazy, guys. Um, but that's so you write. You used to write for Standard Issue magazine when it was online. I did, yeah. And now it's a podcast, a very brilliant podcast. Um, and it's sort of Sarah Millican is behind it. She's the founder, and now you host that as well as sort of producing it and creating yeah. it. And... Yeah, it's a bit weird, really, because I used to be a civil servant. A few I know years ago. it's a big change, it's a bit Jen. Weird. Yeah, it's all right though. It's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? It's a bit of a ridiculous job, really. But it's I'm very, very lucky to have it. I definitely think if I'd spoken to you seven years ago yeah. and said, Jen, guess what you're going to be doing? You would have been like, No way, mate. I don't yeah. think you would believe me. No, mate, I'll be uh, doing a bit of policy on water bills, probably. Are you allowed to talk about your civil servant days? I, I have signed the official secrets act. So <laughs> have you? Yeah, you have to. Oh, God. You have to. Someone told me. This is not in any way relevant <laughs> at all. But someone who I work with uh, in one of my freelance jobs at Eurosport told me that he has a mate who's like, no, 
a bit a bit loose with the old truth. <laughs> Started talking to him about something on a train, and he was a bit like, "Oh, I don't know if this is a real thing." And he like whipped out a copy of the official secrets act and said, "You're gonna have to sign this if we continue talking." I think the implication was that he was a spy. I was a he bit made like, his friend sign it. I was a bit like, "That's not how it works. Yeah. You've got to like he should have." If he's signed it, yeah. If he's a fucking spy, he's he already broken it. No, who's supposed to sign the official secrets act? He's really fucked that up. Why did he have some spare copies on him? I don't know. It's part of an elaborate, yeah, that's an elaborate lie. I think unless he is actually a spook, and now my friend at Eurosport will be killed probably because they say yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a bit worried about you now, (laughs) Jess. I don't know his name though, so I think am I safe? I don't know. Well, we better ask him. Yeah. Get him to get his little yeah. filofax out and say if you're safe or not. <laughs> Check. Find out. Sorry, that was completely no, irrelevant. I like if you'd looked at, the, at his version of the Official Secrets Act and it's actually like a tenancy agreement. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he'd just written Official Secrets. No smoking. No smoking. We used to live together. We did Carriad and I for a couple of years at university. And uh, and we I lived in a very, very small room that was clearly just like... <laughs> There was just like a tiny... Oh God, you lived in used to be part of the room that Karen had lived in. <laughs> so basically, oh like, we sort of almost shared a room with oh a plasterboard division. We used to say goodnight through the wall. <laughs> yeah. And I, my bed was an actual <laughs> camp bed. Like quite a robust one, but an actual camp bed oh, nonetheless. So yeah, it was one room that they'd, because it was a student house, they'd obviously tried to make more money and mm. they'd just put like a very thin plasterboard up. Yeah. And at one point our beds were next, so mine was up against this plasterboard wall and yours was. Yeah, and we used to, to say, it. yeah, it's very odd. It. But we used to say, night through the wall. <laughs> but then you did swap with Rachel eventually. No, she swapped with. I had the I had the brilliant room. Oh no, she took the and brilliant room. I, for me. And then because we were like, we'll draw straws. <laughs> And oh I ended up with God. the best room. Yeah, but then we and then, and then I was very unlucky in the draw after yeah. that. And I ended up in the shit room. And then I was everyone was like, "You can swap after a turn." I was like, "I can't be fucked." You are. You're. I'll just. You're stay very here. kind. You were kind. I can't be bothered to move all my stuff again. The wardrobe was at the foot of the bed, and it was just like a cupboard. Do you remember? You couldn't. You couldn't move. The door opened like onto like the bed. Behind, yeah. <laughs> It yeah, was like, I've forgotten about that. You did have half a window, though, I think. Oh, yeah. I, so I don't know what you're complaining about. There was a bit of window going on. So I've known Jen for a long time, which a scary amount of time that that was that we lived together. Mm. Um, so I remember Jen when she was going through the experience that we're going to talk about. Um, but obviously, I, we want to talk about how you are now as well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, before we begin, who are we remembering today? We are remembering my eldest brother, Stephen. Stephen. How many brothers do you have? I have two brothers. I have uh, Stephen was the eldest and then I have a middle brother, um, Michael, and then I am the baby. Or the, what did you say? <laughs> Weren't you the surprise? I was, I, I was a miracle. Oh yeah. I was a miracle. Wasn't your mum on the pill? <laughs> she was on the pill. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and here I am. Uh, <laughs> sorry mum. Um, she was happy though, because yeah, yeah. she had two boys. She's a bit like, really hope she's a girl. Did you know if you have two children of the same sex, you yes. have a 75% chance of having another one of the same sex? Yeah. So I am basically yeah. defying all the odds. And aren't we glad that you are, <laughs> So how much older is Stephen to you? He was, is uh, three and a half years older than me. Okay. And then Michael's 18 months older than me. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah, calf had a time of it. 
Um, so how did Stephen die? Stephen, you're not allowed to say committed suicide anymore. It's really? Not, yeah, you're not supposed to say it because it sort of harks back to a bygone hey, era where... Right. I think it's probably... I don't know if it's decriminalised now, actually. Oh, of course, because the word committed yeah. sounds like committed a crime. I've never thought of yeah, that. Yes, so and wow. they don't say that anymore. Okay. Um, so uh, I lost my brother to suicide, I suppose. <laughs> yeah? Well, How know. do you feel about it? What would you rather say? Well, I, I don't know. It's There's like varying degrees of... It all feels very melodramatic, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it is quite dramatic. It is, too. <laughs> it was it's dramatic. quite dramatic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, people say took his own life but I feel yeah. weird about that I think that's like a weird way of putting it I don't know why it's a difficult one yeah. to describe I guess because it is like you said it's such a traumatic thing yeah. to go through mm-hmm. so how old were you when Stephen I was died? how old was I I was 21 so we'd just left uni hadn't we or were we at we, uni? I, it was like about three days after my finals finished so oh I was still God, on yeah. campus yeah I had been working at the Hot House the <laughs> night that it happened. So I'm laughing. I'm laughing because the Hot House is the university club. Yeah. And when I say club, I mean a room at the back. Oh of my a god. Bar, which probably should have been used to store chairs, but instead they... I think it was sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. It was. Yeah. It was just literally a room, but it was a great little room. Oh, we had a lovely time there. Yeah. They had they had two rooms. Come on, oh, don't do yeah. it down. Sorry, I forgot the main the room. And then another room of a similar size, yeah. but different music would be played in them. I, can't I think I'm I might be over egging it. Yeah, now. I think you're over egging it. So I was working at the hothouse on the night in question, and I had this obviously like a bit of a stressful time. You're finishing your degree, yeah. whatever. Had exams and stuff. It didn't go that well for me. But then I didn't do any work for three years. So that is the way the cookie <laughs> very much crumbles. Yeah. Yep. Um, or two two, it's not that bad. It's not bad, Jen. It's just a few, like two percent off a two one. And you had a good time. I did. I did not do a lot of work. Yeah. I think it's fair yeah. to say. But um, yes, it's quite stressful. And I worked in the student union bar and this hot house club yeah. in inverted commas. And I had loads of mates who worked at the bar, and we were just on the lash like constantly. Oh, yeah. I was smoking like. 20 mobile lights a day. How did I afford that? I don't know. I don't. They were cheaper. They were cheaper. Yeah, but they were still I know, don't expensive. Really, I went to Rollies way before you. I couldn't afford them. I might have been on Rollies by then, to be fair. Yeah. We had to teach What's... ourselves because we were so poor. <laughs> I've got actually, to work out to do this. I actually ended up preferring Rollies, but anyway. So you working at the hot house. Yeah, working at the hot house. Um, so I had this thing on the night that it happened. I had this weird, like thing in my arm like yeah. a sort of fuzzy pins and needlesy kind of thing in my left arm right. which I think I can't remember I feel like that might be a symptom of like a heart attack or a stroke or something yeah. like that right so I was very like concerned about it I was a bit <laughs> like I don't I don't feel like this is a weird thing I'd never had it before yeah I didn't like think Oh, I suspect my brother is dying. Yeah, like, yeah. I was just like, this is really weird. I don't know what this is. Anyway, then it later transpired, obviously the next morning, that in fact he had um he had died that night. And right. then I spent like 
years afterwards every time I got I think it's related to anxiety so it would like happen now obviously I don't have like a weird psychic link to tragedy psychic arm yeah what's happening in the world right now Uh, obviously that's not a real thing but it's sort of like I think because of the associations I had yeah with it I would get like then I started getting it when I was a bit anxious about yeah, something. Yeah. So if something like stressful happened, I'd be like, oh, my arm's gone weird, what's going on? And I'd get like, I'd get really anxious. And there was a time where I'd start like texting my family and be like, is everything okay? <laughs> Stuff like that. It's the, fucking nuts, the arm's twitching, guys. So yeah. yeah, I think anything that is connected to that moment mm. becomes magnified. So yeah. it becomes like, oh, well, I was doing that. So is that. Because because something so horrible has happened, you yeah. try and put logic on it because you're yeah. just like, what happened? So he, he killed himself that night. Yes. But you didn't find out to the morning. So you just yeah. were working your shift, went home. Yeah. So it was about, I don't, I don't know what time it happened or anything like that. Obviously, he was found by someone on the, on the campus. I don't know who. I don't know if it was like students or what. He was at uni He well. was at Essex University, yeah. yeah. Uh, he'd just finished his first year. Because so he had, I mean, well, I don't know if we'll go back to this or what, but he basically had like a bit of a tough time of it when he was a teenager and for quite a few years. I don't know if he was having a tough time because he was depressed or if he was depressed because he was having a tough time. Yeah. But like things were not great in his life for a period of time. But the thing about it was that it came completely out of the blue because he'd actually like, he did really badly in his GCSEs. So he didn't go he didn't do a levels but he was doing some art thing and it all got a bit like he was a very very like talented artist he was doing something or other but it just didn't ever seem to quite work out for him like he couldn't quite find what he wanted to do and it's kind of like crazy when you think about it now he's 16 of course he can you know find what he wanted to do but yeah it didn't things were not going great for him and he had some mates who a bit dodgy I think and he decided in the end to sort of like disentangle himself I guess or disassociate himself from some of them which basically meant that he just like he just stayed at home like all the time basically and I think that must have been quite a depressing existence as well so he all of that was going on but then the thing was he'd actually gone and done like a foundation course or an access course or whatever you call them and it sort of like it pulled him it completely turned it around it appeared like he'd gone and done done this course and then got himself onto uni yeah and yeah so I guess did you feel as a sister oh right okay yeah like he's kind of had a bit of a change of heart and these things seem to be a lot better yeah totally I thought I thought everything was like completely hunky-dory afterwards my parents said some things and I was a bit like didn't you think that was a bit odd? Like he'd said, he'd said not that long before he's going to jack in his course or whatever. Right. He's quite like disillusioned. Do you remember, like this is all, this is 2004. Right. And like the world was a bit of a weird place at the time. Well, we were it was war. weird then. And compared to now, obviously, I, well, now no. it's even more mental. But at the time, I yeah, I do remember thinking like, God, it really feels like the world's falling apart. Yeah. We had no idea what was no. to come, <laughs> obviously. Yeah weird isn't it but no it yeah it was during the tenure of um the second 
shittest US president. <laughs> Isn't it weird when you look at the world, like when you when you watch the inauguration of Donald Trump and yeah. you see George W. Bush and you're like, was he that bad? I know. I, I remember right. literally people being like, oh, he's he's an idiot. He's like, I can't believe they voted for him. And then you're like, yeah, I mean, he, he's actually quite reasonable when you listen to him compared to Trump. He makes <laughs> lovely pictures of Putin. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and he's he's criticised Trump over some things, and you go, yeah. Jesus. So anyway, yeah, sorry. And <laughs> like, so David Cameron, don't you miss him a bit? I now? actually said that to Ben the other day. It's I was weird. like, I actually, I heard Theresa May, and I thought, I actually miss Cameron because at least, at least he could do an interview. At least he could like say a speech. At least he could be a prick successfully. Yeah, he's like a good politician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awful. Sorry, uh, sorry. So you. From from like you said, from your sister point of view, mm. from sister role, you kind of seem like it, things have got a lot better. Yeah, I was pretty. I I don't know if complacent is the word, but I was pretty much like I thought everything was fine, really. Well, when you're younger sister, do you think it's quite hard, isn't it? I I know I'm a younger sister, yeah. and I sort of feel like you often get don't get told stuff because everyone's sort of like you're the baby, kind of like. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely stuff about him as a teenager that. I did not know that I later found out like some of the stuff he'd gotten up to at school and whatever. I think it was quite naughty, right. which I didn't really know. Yeah. Um, did I, you think you were shielded a little bit from yeah. what was going on with him? Yeah, and I think my mum, certainly when he was a teenager, was really concerned about him. But I think it was, I don't really think anyone knew what to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, like mental health issues now. It's almost like fashionable to talk about mental health issues now. Yeah. It's kind of it's yeah. like climate change, you know. <laughs> It'll go away again, like climate change. People stop caring. Um you know that, there was that brief time where Coldplay really cared about trees and stuff. <laughs> I definitely remember watching Blue Peter when I was younger and like recycling being like the thing you talked about and yeah. everyone really talked about recycling. Yeah. And now well, I guess there's better schemes. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think mental health is going to be a bit like that. Um, so do you think he had mental health problems and... Yes. In a way, it just wasn't... It was, I guess, because I know what you mean. Obviously, we're, like, nearly the same age. I don't remember growing up with people talking about mental health in that way. Mm. People say, oh, they're a bit down. Or, you know, yeah. like, they're a bit blue. There wasn't sort of like, oh, they... Like, whereas now my cousin's much younger and she'll be like, oh, my friend has OCD and anxiety. And I was like, we never... We, yeah. we never would have said that about anybody because... I just felt like it, you didn't know, did you? No, it was kind of like if someone... I remember. I sort of remember people having OCD. I remember mm. people being like, yeah, because I've got OCD around that time. But I don't really remember anyone talking a lot about depression. I'd been a bit depressed in like my second year at uni. Yeah. So I sort of knew a little bit about it. But yeah, I don't... But when, when we were teenagers... Yeah. I don't remember anyone chatting about that kind of thing. I think my grandpa had depression as well which is obviously something that sort of like runs in the family yeah, a bit yeah. but I don't know like doesn't everyone have depression <laughs> at some point like at some point I think most people experience at least feeling a bit crap yeah so he, he definitely now you look back you think oh okay maybe there was but at the time so you wake up that next morning mm. and you what happens your mum rings you or so it was really because I'd been working and then we had a drink afterwards, so I didn't go home until like 4am or yeah. something. And then I was getting calls like really early in the morning and I wasn't picking them up. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever. And then I got a call on my like landline in oh, my room yeah. and I answered it. And it was like, like a porter or something like that. 
So they'd obviously like called the university wow. and been like, we really need to get hold of her. Yeah. So it was a porter and he was like, I've got Mr. Peter Davis on the phone. <laughs> He's like a family friend, basically. Oh, right. You need to call home or something like that. And I was a bit like, oh, if 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 Pete's calling, like <laughs> yeah. something's like someone's yeah. dead, basically. Yeah. So I called my mum or she called me or something. I can't remember. And I spoke to her and she said, like, you know, Stephen's killed himself. And I was just a bit like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I had to, it was, I had to go outside in my pyjamas and dressing gown to have this call because I didn't have, like, good enough reception oh, or God, something. Oh, God, the reception was always so bad. Yeah, so I was, chair. like, standing outside the back of Lewis Court. Oh, my God. On the phone with my mum being like, so Lewis Court is the... Yeah, sorry. Accommodation on, on campus mm. that Jen was living at the time. Whoa. And I was just like, yeah, like in my pyjamas and, and my, my very fetching pink dressing gown, which you'll I remember. I very vividly remember this pink dressing Still gown. Still got it. <laughs> oh, God. Still got it. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and she's just like, your brother's killed himself. I was just like, all right. She's like, you've got to come home. It's like, okay. But because I was such a a useless article when I was at university. I had, like, no money. Yeah. I literally had no money in my bank account. I'd maxed my overdraft. Oh, I'd maxed my credit cards. Yeah. I was obviously, like, waiting to get paid or something. Yeah. I had no money. And I was a bit like, oh, I actually don't know how I'm going to get home. Oh, kind of thing. Oh, my God. So then, my mum doesn't drive. My dad is the only one who drives. Right. And Michael, my middle brother, was also at university in Kent right. at the time, at Kent University in Canterbury. And they couldn't get hold of him either because he'd been like out on the lash or whatever. Oh, I think it'd been like their summer ball or something yeah. like that. And they couldn't get hold of him either. So they literally had to drive there and be like, Oh my God. You gotta come home, kind of thing. And my dad went with someone else, but I can't remember. So but, your mum um, didn't go to go and get Michael? No, she didn't. She stayed at home. I can't remember why. But so first of all, I was a bit like, fuck, I've got to get home. I don't know how I'm going to... I don't have any money. How am I going to do this? So then I phoned our friend uh, Alex. Oh, yeah. Our Fuzzy. friend. Um, <laughs> so I phoned lovely Fuzzy and I was just like, um, Alex, my brother's killed himself oh, and God, I have to yeah. go home and I don't have any money. Do you think you could lend me 30 quid so I can get the train? And he was obviously just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course I can do that kind of thing. And then I got another call from my mum saying that my uh, best friend from home, Vera, she said, Vera's mum, Sarah, who's like a very good friend of my mum, is going to come and get you. Okay. Obviously, like, it's going to take her a bit of time. Yeah. So she's going to be a few hours, but she's going to come and get you. So just stay put. So I phoned Alex back. I was like, I, you know, I'm not, I don't need 30 quid anymore, but do you think you could, like, come and sit with me for oh a bit? Oh, my God. Kind of thing. So Alex came over with someone else, with one of his housemates, Lucy. We were, like, good friends. So he came over. And then he'd obviously, like... Someone had let someone else know and then yeah, someone had let someone yeah. else know and, and whatever. And by the time Vera's mum turned up, there were about 10 people <laughs> sitting in my lounge and everyone came and they bought, like, biscuits, like, <laughs> jammy dodgers. Right. Or, like, I think my mate Catherine bought me a bottle of lemon Fanta. <laughs> 
student treat. That is that is students' equivalent, it's like one bottle of, of wine. Favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she bought me a bottle of lemon Fanta and some jammy dodges, and everyone who turned up bought twenty mobile lights with them. <laughs> great I had like a hundred fags or something by the end of it which you definitely need when you're in one of those moments and you smoke yeah Yeah, I I smoked a lot over the next couple of weeks but um, yeah so it was really like it was really surreal I was just sitting in this room with like 10 people yeah and I called you because there were all these people there and they're like you know some of my best friends were there uh it was, you know, it was very nice of them yeah. and to come over and like look after me until Vera and her mum turned up. But yeah, I called you because I remember talking to you about this podcast, right? And you yeah. said you sort of become like the go-to person for <laughs> yeah. grief. I was a bit like, hmm, I don't really know what to do. So I phoned you. But you weren't that you had gone home. By yeah, this I'd gone point. back to London. Yeah, and yeah, you weren't. You didn't. It was quite early in the morning. Uh, anyway, you didn't pick up, so I think I left you a voicemail message, and I was yeah, a bit like, um, yeah. "Yeah, my brother's died. Don't really know what to do." Yeah. And then obviously I did then hear from you. It's all right. She did get back to me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, go to your grief girl. Pop when she's uh, busy. Yeah. I was at a friend's house in Brixton for some reason. I remember I really didn't want to be there. I wanted to go home. And I think there'd been a party. And I remember seeing this voicemail and being like, oh, you know, you find a moment to. Mm. And then just being like, the. And I still remember a mm. really shitty phone, like a really shit, like Nokia blue thing. Mm. And sitting on the stairs and talking to you and just crying and you crying and just being. Yeah, because obviously, yes, I, I, lots of people talk to me about death, but the majority of people talk to me about their parents dying mm. of cancer yeah. or something else. And I remember at the time being like, this is... Next level. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> quite know what to <laughs> say. I'm laughing about that, like, hey, yeah. <laughs> and also, that's a bit like, you know, it's all relative, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I do remember being very like, and then just feeling so crap that I was, you know, in London and far away and couldn't. It's so around. shocking, isn't it? It was it's so shocking. So shocking because so I didn't shocking. know anyone. I see. I remember. So not that long afterwards, obviously we had like our graduation. Yeah, yeah. And me, you, and Amy, who's another friend who we also lived with for yeah. those two years. Me and Amy graduated on the same day, like in the same oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. And I obviously hadn't seen you guys for a bit, and you all knew what happened. And I remember like everyone's parents being like, sort of looking at me yeah. like. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think like people maybe were a bit like, I don't know if she's gonna come or not, yeah. kind of thing. But I I went home for like two weeks and then I came back to Brighton because I was like, well, I'm not moving home, so you know I want to be in Brighton where all my friends are. Yeah. And, and in the end, like I ended up going home at the end of the summer and staying there for a year. But yeah, so I went to graduation. I remember you saying to me at the graduation, like my mum knew someone who killed themselves. And I guess it was sort of a bit like, you know, you're not, you know, these, these things happen. These things happen, like, you know, it's, yeah. Was <laughs> that like, my like, attempt to talk to you? I'm really sorry. No, no, not at all. Not at all. No, you were very good. You sent me like a care parcel. With, I like, did a send you a care a parcel. notebook and like a CD and maybe some, I can't remember. I can tell you, I thought, what does Jen need? And it was heat magazine, packet fags, notebook, bit of chocolate. And yeah. I was like, and I recommend that to, when someone else got in touch with me recently and said, friends had just lost a parent and they said oh what should I do I was like send a package send chocolate and a book and a bag like trash just things that yeah. they can do to go oh when I feel crap I can just 
Yeah. And I remember feeling, I remember hesitating on the cigarettes, thinking, I probably shouldn't send a bag of 10 feet. But I thought, that's Jen, she'll want them. She'll want a pack of 10 feet. Sure, I definitely appreciate them. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was very nice. Uh, no, it's, uh, but I remember you saying this thing. But I think it's kind of interesting because at the time, I didn't know anyone who'd killed yeah, themselves no, like, it so... at all. It was a really like alien. Yeah, you know that's a cut. You're like this is the sort of thing that happens on Hollyoaks. This isn't like a real thing. This <laughs> Which is ridiculous. We watched a lot of Hollyoaks. Yeah, my mum's friend killed herself, and I think when I told my mum what had happened to you, mm. my mum then started talking a lot more about mm. her friend. And I'd sort of know, like when you're a kid, like oh yeah, and and died, da, 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 like, yeah. and then she sort of went into it, and I was like, again, I you know, as you do, you get older and you find out much more stuff, and I was mm. like, whoa, but yeah, I agree with you. It, it did especially in our group of friends, it did feel very dramatic and traumatic. And it was, and like you said, we just finished uni. Everyone was just very mm. like on a high. We were happy. Mm. It seemed like, yeah, you know, we're all going on to the next adventure. Mm. And it did, I remember really feeling for you because it felt like what should be a really exciting time yeah. just got like ripped away from you. Oh, it was awful. It was like, it was, it was awful because it is, I chatted you know, I have sought counselling um, later on, not at the time, not for a long time actually, but my counsellor was sort of saying like, you know, that's sort of the time when you kind of launch yourself yeah. in the world yeah. and you're supposed to be doing this like, kind of like, here I am, this yeah. is me, this is I'm what I'm I'm ready now, I've done my degree, I'm yeah. ready. And it was just like, I, you know, I never wanted to go back to Harwich. Like, yeah. it did, it's like a very small town small coastal town in Essex, which, you know, I appreciate a lot more these days. Like, you know... Doesn't, for, doesn't Clive Owen live quite he does live very He does live very nearby, <laughs> Clive Owen, local lad Clive. Um, <laughs> so Heidi High was also filmed there, just to give you a little... Um, okay, so that, that's, yeah, give you a flavour of what Harris yeah, is like, yeah. yeah. No, but it, I never wanted to go back there. I, I didn't want to go back there at all, and I ended up having to go back there, basically, because yeah. I was a bit like... I'm in Brighton. I don't have a job, like a proper job. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm dicking around pretending I'm still at university and I'm not and I really just need to be like with my family at the moment. So I ended up going back there. There's no jobs. So I was working like in the admin department of my local Morrisons. But actually, weirdly, the richest I've ever been because (laughs) I lived at home and I didn't have to pay for anything. And it was nice and it was the right thing to do. And Mm. I actually, I worked with really, really nice people. And and you kind of like, in those sort of circumstances, you you kind of worry, like, oh, what's it going to be like? Everyone's going to be talking about us. It's, you know, we're going to be like local gossip or whatever. But actually, like, you kind of... It is a community in a way that I've never... I mean, it's different because you're from London, you yeah. know, you still have, like, a family home, right? And Yeah, yeah. And you know the neighbours and shit like that, I guess, <laughs> or people who live on the street and stuff. Yeah. But I've never really had that in London because I've always lived in yes. flats. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. No one talks to the neighbours. Um, but, yeah, but it was, you know, it is a community and, and they do... They look after you, like... So they did. They did look after us, and it was it was the right thing to do at the time, and it was right for me to like you know be with my family and stuff. And then yeah. you know a year later, I was like, right, I'm moving to London. Oh yeah, I think it would have been very strange for you in a way to do anything else. Mm. Like it felt cause, because I mean I I went back home. I mean, yeah. my home was in London, so that was you know like yeah. a convenient home. But yeah, I think you would have felt so lost if you'd stayed in Brighton. Yeah, people will ask you like. 
Yeah, how do you feel when they? Are, yeah, when people ask you about it, it's really weird. People like, um, it's a very difficult. It's a very difficult conversation. And I wrote an article about this for Standard Issue last year. Yes, and it's not something that I have felt very comfortable talking to people about. To be honest, like even to like really close friends, it's yeah. not something I've felt. I've spoken to you about it a bit over the years, but that's because you're go to grief. Girl, <laughs> go to so, grief. You know. Happy to talk about it, guys. Yeah, but it's like it's not something I've felt that comfortable talking about. So I wrote this thing and it was quite a big deal for me at the time. And and in it I wrote about how many brothers and sisters do you have? It's such yeah. entry level chat, right? Yeah. So the only people asking you that are gonna be people you don't know that well. Yeah. And you're a bit like, Oh, do I really wanna have this conversation today? Because you feel a bit like you might be judged, yeah. which is a stupid way to feel. Like it's not rational. But it's, no, but I can understand because it's just like you. It's a very personal piece of information mm. that you wouldn't normally reveal. But yeah, there you. It's the same with parents. So people yeah. go, "Oh, where do your mum and dad live?" And yeah. I have to think: Is it worth me saying my mum lives in London? Yeah. And then they all, which we've talked about, but they think they're divorced, which annoys yeah. me because I think well, they're not divorced. He's dead. But like I can see them being like, or they think, especially with a dad, they think, "Oh, your dad's not around." And you're yeah. Like, no. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not, but for very different yeah. reasons. Yeah, so it must thinking. be the same with with brothers and sisters. It's, it's really yeah. So it's a bit like, do I make you know? Am I invested in you enough to like <laughs> have this conversation with you? It's, and yes. it's kind of like it's sort of twofold. Like, was that well? So you kind of feel a bit like you might be judged. You feel a bit like people are going to think, well, why? Well, why did he do that? And, yeah, you know, maybe you're all a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're a bit of a shit family. <laughs> or, and then also you're a bit like, they might think I'm mental. <laughs> like, oh, God, yeah. I know, like, I know that, I don't think I should really say mental. but No, I, but I know what you mean. Because I don't, I, obviously I don't have that. They wouldn't go, oh, maybe she's got cancer. But, yeah. Like, that I don't have to worry about that side of it. Yeah, and sometimes I am a bit mental. So <laughs> it's a bit like, I don't, I don't really want to play that card too early. <laughs> it's going to come out in the wash, mate. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but also the other thing is, I really don't like people to think that I am damaged. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So you don't want to be defined by it. Yeah, and that yeah. was a really, really big thing for me. Like all the time, it's like I because it's you feel really overshadowed by. It. Like there was a long yeah. time where I was a bit like, I, when I say when I actually think this and say it out loud, I feel like a bit of a psychopath (laughs) I like objectively I'm a bit like my life hasn't been ruined by this right because like I was very young when it happened and I had loads of other stuff to go and do obviously like it's shit it's awful it has been a horrible horrible thing to deal with and continue to deal with but you know I was a bit like my life hasn't been ruined by this I've got enough time to you know (laughs) turn this around that's weird but I was a bit like but I feel like maybe my parents' lives have yeah. been. Yeah. I don't know if that's a fair assessment or not, but... Well, it's hard for you. Obviously, you can't speak for them, but yeah. God, I, as everybody says, yeah. losing a child. Yeah, and also and losing I'm not a, child, a parent. Yeah, and to suicide, I can't yeah, begin. To... I can't begin to unpick, you know, I know how I feel about it and yeah. it's not great. So I can't even begin to imagine yeah. how they feel about it. But I was just always like, I don't want... Yeah, there was a long period of time I was a bit like, nothing I do is ever going to make it okay for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm never going to be 
good enough yeah to like not be in the shadow of that like they're never going to be i can never really make them happy well you, you, i think that's harsh i think i, I mean I'm just, yeah only because i'm your friend i'm saying yeah. this to you but i think it's not something they're ever going to get over mm. they're ever going to learn to live with it yeah but they you can still make them happy because of you but you, you yeah. can't He'll never be there again, and that's, yeah. that fundamentally changes everything. Yeah. So it's a yeah. I think it's. I can't. Well, I think like now I'm a bit like, I don't really feel like that anymore. Yeah. But at the time, I felt very much like, in the shadow of it, which is feels like a bit of a bratty thing to think. No, I can understand because it's it must have do- like dominated your yeah. whole lives, their life, and so yeah. yeah, it's hard to like you said, you're young, you want to move forward. Yeah. It's hard to do that. And I think at the time, the concern, <laughs> my parents were understandably everyone's sort of primary concern. Yeah. Because they're yeah. like, fucking hell. Yeah. What do we do with this? This is new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think everyone was really like, you know, around them. And I felt a bit like Michael and I, not like we were neglected, but like we were a bit of an afterthought. And I didn't really feel like that at the time because my parents were my primary concern as well. Yeah. I was like, this is worse for them, so you have to yeah. sort them out kind of thing. But afterwards, I was a bit like, it was really shit for Michael and I. And then Michael had like the added layer of ridiculousness in that he's a guy. Yeah, And I always felt like, all of my friends were brilliant. I, there was no one who was like, I don't know what to say to yeah. you, this is weird. No one was like that at all. Some of the dudes were like, didn't necessarily know what to say. Yeah. Like I have a very close friend. I, I don't think he really knew. He'd never experienced like... Anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And this was like, you know, next level because it's someone our kind of age as well yeah. and, and, and mental health and, and whatever. So... He didn't really know what to say to me, but he like sent me a text one day when I was at home saying, like, I've just been into Sports Direct or something like that, or JD Sports, to see if they make to see if they sell teddy bears wearing Charlton Athletic strips. <laughs> Jenna, because I Jenna Charlton fan. Yeah. Um but they don't. Sorry. <laughs> that was his attempt. That's very sweet. Yeah. It's very sweet. It was very sweet. It was obviously like, I don't know what to say to you, but I like I want you to know that I love you and I'm thinking about you. Would you like a teddy bear that supports Charlton Athletic? Well, my mum then at the time made Marathon, who is my childhood teddy bear, made her a Charlton Athletic baby oh. grow. Onesie, I think is what we would call yeah. it now. Yeah. She made her a Charlton Athletic onesie. Well, she's got a really, really ropey Charlton badge on it. <laughs> like, it's pretty shit, but she still wears it. Yeah, for what counts. Yeah. Uh, cheers, Mum. Um, did Michael's friends... I think that... I think because I was a woman, obviously, I had, like... I have a very good support network, I still do, and my friends are great and, you know, all of that, gubbins. <laughs> and, and everyone was really good. Every, like all of the women in my life were really on it yeah. and really like are you okay blah, blah, blah. and and it went on for like a long time I Michael have still has the same friends and they're brilliant friends and they're good to him and whatever but I don't know how well equipped they were to deal with yeah, this yeah and how well equipped culturally it is absolutely for him to yeah. be able to talk and about that's actually like one of the first things that made me like think about gender inequality yeah I was yeah. a bit like we got his shit in a lot of ways, oh, but yeah. like, 
we've got it okay in other ways yeah definitely especially when it comes to grief and expressing it yeah yeah I definitely there were different expectations for my brother and me and how we expressed it and it affected us definitely and it would be lovely if it could just been like it doesn't matter that yeah are you upset (laughs) I should be the first question your brother would have been you know like a young man at the time Yeah, he was 19 so at the time everyone was very much well he's the man of the house now yeah and because he's Four years older than me, I thought, oh, okay, he's the man in the house. But now I think, he's 19, what the fuck are you saying that? 19-year-old boy. And he had so much pressure lumped on him. And he just, not from me and my mum, but yeah, from... society, yeah. Society and our friends and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, because I think Michael was like, well, I'm the oldest now. Yeah, God, that must be really strange. Like the dynamic shifting. Yeah, I've got a lot, you know, man up or whatever it was. And he was only 23. God. Like, you know, we were so young young to be having this experience. Have you and Michael got much closer because of it? We've always been really close. Michael and I have always been really close. There's only 18 months between us. I was kind of, and we used to like hang around in the same like circle of friends as well. His friends sort of adopted me. And that would have been, for a lot of teenage boys, that would be like, (laughs) fuck off. I really don't want you here. (laughs) But, you know, he he did resist a little bit at first, but... (laughs) He was all right in the end. And we've always been really close. Like, we've always got on pretty well. Um, yeah, we are, like, we had a period of time where things were not great afterwards. And I think, like, I think I was a bit of a bell end, to be honest. <laughs> um, I was a bit like, I don't know, maybe I've projected a bit of my guilt about having left London onto him. Mm. He was having, he was struggling a bit. He was not having a great time of it. As you would expect. And we didn't get on for a bit. He was not that nice to me for a period of time. But I think I was also a bit of a bellend. And I was quite like, I don't know, maybe I was a bit sanctimonious about it all. Or, or a yeah. bit like, I've totally got this sussed. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm dealing with this pretty well, actually. And, but you it's know, so don't... hard. You're both just dealing with this, like, how the fuck does anyone do it? Like, yeah. You know, you just get on, basically. Yeah. You get on, and then five years later, you have a breakdown. Uh, <laughs> That's one way of doing it, Jen. Go, I'm just going to get on with this, and then yeah, and then in a few years' time, I'll wake up crying one morning and be like, I can't I get wonder to work if, today. Um, I mean, oh, I hope this is a fair thing to say, but like, I wonder with suicide as well. Like, obviously, so my dad, as I always say, was diagnosed February, dead by April. So we had the shock. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think I knew that. That's quick. Really quick. Yeah. So I wonder if that's the same, because I think me and you have a similar experience in that we just got on with it for a long time because we're in shock. And I think you can do a lot of stuff in shock. You can carry on, you can go out, you can talk to people, you can have relationships, you have a job. And then I I wonder, like, I don't know if you have a slower experience or they're older or I think when some people are younger, obviously my dad was not as young as your brother, but he was 44. Yeah. And it happens very quickly. There's a part of you that's just like your brain just goes, no, didn't have no, not ready to take that in. So you sort of there's part of me that definitely knew, obviously knew he was dead, but another part of me that was like, but everything really looks the same. Like roughly, it looks the you know there's one big chunk missing, mm. but like the house is the same, the town is the same, the world, you know. So you sort of can go, I can probably carry on and kind of pretend it's not happening. I don't know because everything changed. You know they yeah, say yeah. like you shouldn't, you know the the three most stressful things or whatever. (laughs) So I had to move home. (laughs) I was unemployed. You didn't have a baby in the process. No, I didn't. (laughs) And I wasn't getting divorced either. But (laughs) I was unemployed. So I was looking for a job. I had to move. I had to move. And my brother had died. So it's just like all of this was going on at the same time. 
Yeah, and there were, I suppose, like, the mundanity of it all as well. Like, That's what know, I mean, like, yeah, everything's changed. Yeah, my dad saying, like, do you think you need to sign on now, yeah. kind of thing? And I'm like, no, you can pay for me. <laughs> um, yeah, everything yeah. changes and also nothing changes. Yeah. And so you're left with the slight, I do think, that contributes to the shock. Yeah. Because, and also because you move back home, like you said, so it's not a yeah. house you know well, around your but friends from that you've known all your life so it's just weird things isn't it it's like the first christmas oh yeah how and was stuff that? like that just weird things like we moved the table in the kitchen so that there wouldn't be what like empty chair yeah did that make it weirder that you'd moved it no it didn't it i think i suggested it i was uh, a bit yeah. like should we put the table against the wall because then like yeah it won't be there won't be like an empty seat at the table, God, which yeah. is just bleak, isn't it? It's so just a bleak, bleak yeah. image, like four people in party hats with like a <laughs> vacant chair. Um, so when did he died in, what was that, July? When did May. We May. Oh, End of May. May, of course, May bank it's... holiday weekend. Cheers, Stephen. <laughs> Ruined that for me. Uh, <laughs> so then you had, yeah, then you had your birthdays and Christmas and yeah. stuff. How do you deal with anniversaries? We talk about anniversaries a lot. I don't do anything um i don't like it as a thing it pisses me off it doesn't change anything it doesn't make yeah. anything better or worse it just like it was weird actually because before i had someone close to me go and die people say like oh, i think about them every day and i was a bit like you can't think about them every day it's ridiculous <laughs> like you know there's so many other things to think about of a day uh and then you actually do like yeah. you genuinely do and i don't think about him every day anymore because you know quite a long period of time yeah has passed I obviously still think about him a lot but I don't think about him every day and there, and I did this thing a couple of years ago I cycled across America like a lunatic and uh, I actually forgot it was the anniversary oh yeah, yeah when I was doing it I actually forgot because I didn't really have any concept of like time you were cycling a bike called Beyonce yeah. across America yeah. yeah through the deep south <laughs> yeah. and I just like I was too busy fearing for my life yeah. uh, to think about that kind of bullshit uh so so i actually forgot that it was happening and then when i realized like a couple of days later oh right all that happened you didn't even think about i felt really pleased about that which probably sounds weird no i think everyone deals with it very differently and i think also maybe dealing with a suicide is a different because the anniversary is a very strange Mm. you know our anniversary is like the day that cancer took over and he was forced to die that's a very different anniversary Mm. to the day your brother took his own life it's yeah i can mm. imagine maybe it's it holds a different thing for you oh, i used to be like you know send my mom a text or whatever and be like oh, you know thinking thinking of you today yeah. kind of thing i don't really do that anymore because i'm a bit like i sort of don't it's not like i don't want to indulge my mom in her grief <laughs> about her dead son but it's kind of like i don't really want to i don't really want to give the anniversary like any oxygen because yeah. i to me it's stupid it's not it doesn't change anything it's not like a thing yeah my brother doesn't i have to i often remind him Mm. (laughs) i'm often like it's dad's anniversary by the way and he's like oh is it and to me it's funny because to me i'm like how can you not to me like the day Mm. like screams at the calendar for like for like a month beforehand it's all i can see oh there it is there it is there it is there it is and he says the same he's like i just genuinely can get by like, he's gone a week or he'll text me and go, oh, was it last week? And I'm like, yes, how did you not remember? Yeah. Well, I don't know how the other <clears throat> members of my family feel about it, actually. I don't know. But I just think it's it's silly. It doesn't make it better or worse. It's just a day, isn't it? Like, he's, you know. Yeah. And maybe that's, like, 
horribly cold or whatever. But no, I just think it's how you, yeah, how you deal with it. It's never had really like any sort of yeah. resonance. I don't even know what date it was. I yeah. honestly don't. I think it's like the 29th or something yeah. like that, but I can't remember. I just remember it was the Sunday of the bank holiday weekend oh, yeah, yeah. in late May. But it's been 12 years 12 this year. No, 13, 13 years this years. year. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that is, yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, it is. It so is do you still time. talk about it with your mum or is it kind of, have you reached a point where it's all been said? Not really. <laughs> I kind of got to a point where... So initially, I was I was like sort of all about them. Really, I was a bit like, gotta make sure they're okay. And then after a while, I was a bit like, I sort of need to look after myself a bit. And I was kind of like, I don't really want to talk to you about it. Yeah. Because I sort of feel like you should talk to your friends or a counsellor or whatever. Yeah. I don't. I sort of feel like it's not appropriate in a way. Yeah. Like you know, it's sort of it's weird, isn't it? Because your parents are human beings, and you sort of forget that. And you kind of like, you know, if you have someone saying to you, oh, I feel I feel guilty or whatever, it's like, don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. just don't. Because I want to think that you're like this <laughs> oracle that can just make any problem go away. Yeah, yeah. I don't really want to accept that there are some problems you can't fix and you can't fix for yourself either. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, like the dynamic completely changed. Got it. Yeah, you know, course. you have to like grow up, yeah, immediately, and you're looking after your parents, and you're a bit like. After a while, you're kind of like, I didn't ask for this. This is shit. Yeah. No, I want them to look after me. This is bullshit. Did you ever feel angry at him? No, no, no. I never did. Actually, I never felt angry with him. It's sort of weird because on one hand, you're kind of like, I sort of feel a bit like. I don't think he was of his right mind when this happened. And I kind of feel like when you get to the point where you're like, I don't see any other option for me. Like, I don't see any other way of making it better. I kind of feel like you you must have lost touch with, you know, you you cannot be in a good place, mentally speaking. But then at the same time, I sort of accept that he made a choice. Yeah. And that was his choice to make. Yeah. I'd rather he hadn't. Yeah, of course. But... I kind of feel a bit like that was what he chose to do, and do you kind of feel a bit like you have to respect it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I do. I think it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you're sort of like, oh, well, God, that was yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you silly, you silly sausage. Classic little sister. Yeah. What are you doing? But but at the same time, but like, okay, you know, yeah. Obviously, it's not something I would. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah, that's how you feel. Crack on. No, no, but like, you, you, I think that's a healthy way to ha- have it in your head because mm. you can't do, it, you can't change it, you can't take it back. So yeah, in a way, it's. I just wondered if you, yeah, if you did feel angry. I think it's good if you can get past that and think, well, okay, that was his. That yeah, was his decision. I feel really sad about it. I still feel really sad about it. Like you know, it's, and there are things you're a bit like. I wish. There's like funny little things that you keep hold of, like, yeah. like you remember all of the bad things you ever said to me. It's like I was a little sister, like we were teenagers. Oh, of course, God, we said yeah. bad things to each other from time to time. He said some pretty horrible things to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I just can't remember any of them. <laughs> but yeah, you think about all of the things you ever said to them that were bad, and you're a bit like, oh, what if they didn't know that I, you know, loved them? What mm. if they didn't know? I'm sure he did. You know, I'm sure he didn't think that. 
because I shouted at him once for letting the cat out accidentally. <laughs> I'm sure I'm like, well, she does not love me. She <laughs> thinks I'm an awful person. Yeah. But and just stuff. Like, I bought him a book because he'd had this horrible time, right? And I'd read, you know, like everyone went nuts for it at the time. The curious incident of the dog in the night. Great right? book. Great it book. is great. Yeah. But I can't. I can't, like, look at it anymore because oh, I basically, yeah. like... It's so the last sentence of it or something like that is, like... Spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't read it. I think the last sentence is something like... Because I'm brave and I went to London and I can do anything or something right, like that. Yeah. So I bought him this book because I read it and I was like, the character sort of reminded me of him a little bit. And then, like, the whole, you know, I can do anything and I'm brave and I did this because I thought it was really brave of him to go back and get his education, yeah. you know, at the age of 25 and, and go to university. Yeah. Um, so I was, like, trying to say to him, like, you know, I really respect what you've done, basically. And he never read it. And to me, that's, like, the most heartbreaking thing. Yeah. That stuff like that, that just there's, and there's nothing yeah. you can do and you can't shout at that person and go, just yeah. read my fucking book. Yeah. It's oh, really, my God. That's, yeah. like, the... That is one of the things that, like, has stayed with me that upsets me like yeah. the most. It's so weird the little things that you. Uh, I feel like we're both gonna cry. <laughs> Stuff like that is fucking killer, isn't it? Because yeah. it's just You're like if you just read it, you'd know. <laughs> yeah. You'd just know. It's so tragic, isn't it? And just like yeah. oh, if I just when my dad was dying, I don't know if I've said this. You know, we were all sent in to have conversations with him, and I remember I tried to have a chat with him my mum or someone said you must make sure you say things you know this is the time and I think I went in and because I was 50 yeah all I said was I just want you to know like are you really influenced by music <laughs> sorry no because it's such a funny and he laughed he laughed and I at the time was like oh well fuck you like there's me trying to like you know I I because all I listen to is his music. Like, I yeah. still have all his old vinyl. He was a DJ yeah, when yeah. he was a, in his 20s. And he laughed, and I was heartbroken. And now I can see. It was hilarious. <laughs> he was obviously just like, that's it, is it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, and now I think, yeah, it breaks. I think, oh, I wish I'd said something or, you know, yeah. said something more meaningful. Or But to me, as a 15-year-old, that was the biggest thing I could say. Of yeah. Like, well, that was meaningful for you. you. Yeah, yeah, at the time it was. And especially, you know, as a teenager, you have these things that mean so much to you and you don't understand they, they might change. They might You might feel differently. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Like, those things that you just, you can't take back. You can't, yeah. nothing you could do about it. Yeah. You can't make him read that book. It's just, but isn't it nice that you gave it to him? You gave it to him. Yeah, unfortunately, the gesture was completely lost by <laughs> not reading it. But <laughs> you don't know. How do you know he definitely didn't read it? I think I asked my mum, "Did he read it?" And she's like, "I don't think so." But maybe <laughs> but she's like, wrong. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I asked him, "Have you read it yet?" And he's like, oh, "Whatever." I don't know. I don't. You have no. I don't know. So you have he no might, evidence. He might have read it, but I don't think he did. He and might have started it. The, it's the last line, Karen. That's <laughs> The pivotal, the pivotal bit. Fuck the first 30 pages, mate. Yeah, just, you know, get to the end. There's a message there. Um, yeah, so that's like, I don't know, that was the most, that was the thing that I really kept hold of that sort of like, you know, haunted me. You must have been pissed off when they put the play on. I've, I've, yeah, I've never seen it. I couldn't. I couldn't yeah, that's what I mean. Then there's yeah. all the fucking posters everywhere. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, it's so good. It's such a great play. You really should go. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to. Sorry, it's really harrowing for me, actually. 
you kind of you're like left with these like weird little things yeah. that you feel like absolutely devastated by, even though they're a bit stupid, really. Um, and then you, and that's like, and everyone has those. So your experience is completely different, and no one else is in your head with yeah. you in knowing those things. Mm. And then like. Everyone else's life moves on. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Like, it should do. It would be weird if it didn't. But, you know, what is initially like this big, like, you're right, you're right, you're right. It just sort of goes. Yeah. And then eventually people just sort of stop asking you. Yeah. Well, they just forget. Yeah. They They just forget. They should do a podcast and bang on about it. Yeah. And they start asking again. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, mate. (laughs) You okay, hon? Um, Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's really lonely. And I think... I, th- that I talk about this a lot, but that the Julia Samuels book, Grief Works, is really mm. good. And she talks about that. She said, fundamentally, you're feeling something that the rest of the world at that second isn't. Yeah. So you're always going to f- you feel isolated and yeah. lonely. And that's why that help and support is so important yeah. because you need people to remind you, yeah. oh, no, you're not alone. We're just, I'm just going to work. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean I, I don't understand. I'm just over here. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard. I know you've done a lot of work for the Samaritans since... I ran a marathon in 2008 or nine, Raising money for the Samaritans. Raising money for the Samaritans. And you've got much more involved with them. Has that been helpful to kind of try and... Yeah, I think it's quite cathartic. Yeah. Um, it was... they. So they asked me... I wrote this article for Stand Issue last year, which I talked about earlier. They kind of, like, got in touch with me because I've done a few things. Like, I've done Ride London for them as well, which is, like, a really long bike ride and a few other bits and bobs. So I've raised a bit of money for them over the years. And... I guess because I'm a journalist, I have like a platform to wang on about these yeah. things. So, you know, occasionally they're a bit like, do you want to wang on about this for us? <laughs> I'm like, mm, yeah, all right. You sort of want to use your experience yeah, God. for the good. Yeah, um, And it is important to talk about because this is the other thing. Like, you know, back in that, you know, in the Brighton Pavilion when you're like, my mum's mate killed herself. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a bit like, yeah, because no one... But but the thing is, when you talk to people, yeah, everyone, like, it is really alarming, actually, how many people are affected by suicide. Yeah, it is, it is not, like, magic fairy dust rare. It's, no, it's, yeah. re- it's, like, alarmingly common. And, of course, it is, you know, overwhelmingly the biggest killer of men under 50 in yeah. the UK. Now, I mean, it's kind of like, obviously, they're not all dying of cancer and heart attacks yeah. under the age of 50. It tends to be something that happens a bit. So you would sort of... But you'd kind of think, like, maybe, like, dicking around <laughs> might be, like, a bigger yeah. cause of, like, just doing stupid things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, it's overwhelmingly... And it's the biggest killer of young people in general as well. Wow. So it is, like, it is a lot more common than you'd think. And no one talks about it really because yeah. it is really hard. It is it's a really hard conversation to have, and also you just don't want to like ruin someone's lunch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I mean, I I feel for you because it's bad enough when you've got you know can you know dead dad from cancer that can ruin a lunch. But I feel like I am given a card to talk about it. Yeah. So I feel like if someone said you ruined my lunch, I'd be like I'd be able to go. Fuck you. <laughs> like it's cancer. It's not somehow it seems if like anyone not- told me that I'd ruin their lunch. I think I'd take umbrage with that <laughs> but you know what I mean I think yeah. you're right like if I say 
at a party and my dad died of cancer. I yeah. don't think people would be like, whoa, buzzkiller. They'd just kind of be like, oh, okay. But I can yeah. see like suicide is, like you said, it comes with this I like... I think it's, it sort of like terrifies and fascinates people. They're yeah. a bit like... So when you're like, oh, my brother's dead, it's like... Because uh, then, it, then it's a bit like, oh my God, I might die. Yeah. Because <laughs> presumably he's about the same age as you, so yeah. he's quite yeah. young. Fuck, yeah. what if I die? <laughs> How did he die? Yeah. yeah, it's all right. Don't worry. He killed himself. You're you're safe. You're safe. You're okay. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, and then, but then they're like, oh, how, do you mind me asking how? Yeah. You're like, sort of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of. But yeah, it is like you said. It's a really, it is a really tricky conversation. I guess the only thing you can combat it is is keep talking about it. I just think you people need to be sensitive about it, and I think people are not sensitive about suicide particularly like you know someone jumps in front of a train and you're late for work and you come in and you're like oh some asshole threw themselves in front of a train really i just think i hate that i find that really shocking yeah people go oh yeah thanks very much ruin bloody tubers i'm like yeah oh it took me three hours to get home it's like tied they were so sad they killed themselves yeah like Like, you're late you're fucking late who's the loser in this scenario seriously like they've got a family and friends and 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 you'd just be like and people would come into the office like when I was a civil servant and say stuff like that and I'd just be like you don't know who you're talking to when you say shit like that A you sound like a prick sorry but you do (laughs) B you don't know who you're talking to and the chances are as I've sadly discovered it's quite likely there is going to be someone in earshot yeah. who has had an experience, you know, yeah. has been bereaved by suicide. And the other thing is, it's like a butt of a joke all yeah. the time. Oh, I might as well just go and slit my wrist. Like, it's not... <laughs> You're so like, right. Yeah, it's literally no a No one says, like, oh, I might as well go and have a heart attack <laughs> and die. No one says that. Because yeah. it's, it, like... I know it's so well. It's funny, isn't it? It's like the way of dealing with it is to bring it into humour. Yeah. And so, because it's such a frightening thing for people, yeah. it becomes a punchline because it's frightening. Yeah. And I, I similar, but not as bad. I think people. I remember when we used to smoke, Jen and I. Yeah. And they would say like, "Oh, who cares? I'll probably get cancer anyway." And I'd think, why are you, again, who are yeah. you talking to? But then I was smoking, so I think I can't really judge. Oh, <laughs> can't, more, more can't really judge. Hands. But still, people will make mm. yeah. Less so these days, I think, about cancer. But it definitely, when we were at uni, there was sort of this running gag of like, oh, well, I'll just probably... Who cares? I'll get cancer and die. So what? I'm going to die anyway. That's what people always say to me. I'm going to die anyway. And I think, yeah, but uh, trust me, there's definite ways that will be yeah. less horrific. Yeah, there's good and bad ways to do yeah. it, guys. Uh, and I think yeah. it, it is really... And again, like as we say so much, if you're not in the club, mm. you don't know. And I think I'm definitely ignorant of talking about suicide and not being aware of it and I think it's really like you said just have to we have to have more conversations about it yeah I mean not that that magics it away but I think it's definitely helpful for people to be aware it's just the whole it's the whole thing isn't it so I think it's being more aware about that but it's being more aware about mental health in the first place and particularly like you know sorry to bring it back to bloody feminism all the time (laughs) but um in fairness I haven't done that that much here but just in general in life but I think you know this is like one of my kind of feminist light bulb moments in my life because yeah. I'm a bit like, shit, gender inequality is really bad for everyone, yeah. actually. Yeah. Because it's literally killing men. Yeah. It's literally killing men. And I think it's, you know, it's just really, really important, particularly for men, 
just to know that it's all right. It's okay. It's all right to feel you can, stuff. Yeah, you can have a chat about it as well. Yeah. And if, you know, it makes someone uncomfortable, go and talk to someone else. You know. <laughs> That's such a good point. Just go and find someone yeah, else. Yeah, or like, you know, if you can, you can pay people to listen yeah. to you talk about it. Unfortunately, yeah. you're going to have a bit of a mare trying to get it on the <laughs> NHS. Uh, which a is a whole other rant for you. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, go and talk to someone else if... Phil, putting that name out of the air, Phil's uncomfortable talking to you about God, it. Phil. Something uncomfortable, Phil. Yeah, I know. Always with you, Phil. Jen, thank you so much for coming to talk to me about your brother, Stephen. Thanks. <laughs> if you feel you need someone to talk to, you can contact the Samaritans free at any time on 116123. That's in the UK and the Republic of Ireland. Or you can email them, joe at samaritans.org. For more information, look at their website, samaritans.org. And if you're listening to this and you're not in the UK or Ireland, please do Google your local mental health services, because as ever, you are not alone. You can follow Jen on Twitter at inspireagen, and you can download the Standard Issue podcast on Acast or the Apple Podcast app. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast or me at Lady Cariad. Music was provided by The Glue Ensemble and the show was produced by Kate Holland. Remember, you are not alone. <laughs>